0: what is up guys and thank you so much for listening in to this special episode of the new generation hero talk podcast it is our third annual jenny award show really excited to do this show because it is our chance to recognize all the great achievements and performances that we saw over the course of the calendar year when it comes to television uh superhero uh, television this year so it's a show we've done now three years in a row i think it was a it was a idea we came up with trying to find a way to recognize what we've seen over the course of the year, and this is how we've done it for the last three years. we got a, a rare category to go through, so we're really excited to do this show. Um, of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Shamari and Kendall, who held it down last week without me while I was out. Held it um, down. I feel like that's uh, selling us a little short. No. Well, wait, 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 you held it down. You carried it you carried it. Well, I mean, you look, y'all held it down. I, I I came back and we weren't kicked off iTunes. You know, they didn't ban, they didn't ban us on Twitter like like did Alex Jones. So so I mean, you guys did did what you guys were supposed to do. You didn't you didn't burn burn the house down when I was gone. So I appreciate that. Thank you guys again for joining me for this podcast as always. Um I think this is a good spot because I know it's the Jenny Award show. So if you guys have not heard that show uh before Basically, we're going to be giving you guys uh, uh, our picks for various different categories that include best show, best episode, best female hero, best male hero, best uh, OMG moment, best fight, so on and so forth. So that's going to be pretty much the entire show this week. However, there was a massive not a massive news break, but a pretty big uh, uh, scoop uh, that we got this week involving Entertainment Weekly. It wasn't really a scoop, but it was more of a, of a of a huge feature they had on Captain Marvel. So, I think we should just quickly mention that we saw that. <laughs> We're not going to just ignore it on this podcast. Shamari, what did you make of the Entertainment Wheelie spot on uh, Captain Marvel? They had the new cover. Uh, they had a little bit of details, and they had those set photos. It looks great, honestly. It looks spectacular. I love the costume um, of
1: Captain Marvel. I love her look. Um... I like I like what what they're uh, uh, what they're doing with uh, um, with the Catherine Marvel character. Though I saw people people taking note that they're doing something a little bit different in terms of her origin. Mm-hmm. So like she's not gonna be like she's going to be part like like Cree. So she's not gonna be like the DNA mixed the right, DNA yeah. mixing that happened in the yeah. comics. So it's gonna be a little bit different. So that's interesting. Um, uh, but, and they showed Nick Fury as well, which that looked amazing as well. So, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hype. It looks great. Um, right now I'm just ready for a trailer to actually see what Brie Larson looks like, like in action as Captain Marvel. So yeah, I'm just waiting for that.
2: Yeah. Um, in terms of her origin, I remember, uh, probably around a year ago we had gotten news from. Somebody was working on the movie. I don't think it, I don't know if there was a director at the time. Somebody that was a screenwriter. Some somebody was talking about how they didn't want um, the origin to be too similar to Green Lantern, so that they said that they would change the origin in some capacity. So it's not uh, I guess it's not shocking that they decided to change some part of it. Uh, but I, I mean, I thought the cover and the story was was well done. Uh, I thought the the costume looks great. Um I thought that the the pictures that they showed from the movie uh are they certainly get you excited. Uh seeing Nick Fury um younger, seeing the 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 face, uh the aging that they were able to do, uh was, was certainly interesting. Uh, and then also getting our first look at the scrolls. The scrolls are a huge inclusion in the MCU and we hadn't really gotten a good look at them outside of concept art, so to be able to see them now in these pictures from Entertainment Weekly was also very interesting. So, I mean, I'm excited. I need to get a better feel. I can't really get a huge feel for the movie until, like you said, we see a trailer. But
0: uh, it's certainly an interesting uh, debut. Certainly an interesting debut. Yeah, I, I, I dug the uh, the visuals. Um, I saw some people, I think, complaining about the scrolls online a little bit. I, I didn't mind their look. I think they'll look better once. There's, yeah,
2: the CGI character.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there'll be more CGI. They look a little
2: Power Rangersy. Um, I mean, I don't care. I mean, they're scrolls. I mean, just yeah. I imagine they'll look
0: better. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm not worried about that. I don't know. I'm pretty sure they'll end up looking much better when they see them. I think Captain Marvel's costume looks great. Um, I kind of like how they're describing her character—that she's kind of like uh, a hot-headed kind of uh Ready to fight, kind of person, because I think this is kind of a different character than what we've seen. Some of the stuff they were describing kind of reminded me of Jessica Jones. I won't be surprised if she ends up kind of being Jessica Jones Light. Not in, of course, the alcohol and stuff, but in terms of just like kind of being like a little bit of a standoffish kind of personality, which is what I'm hoping for, because that's kind of how Captain Marvel is. She's kind of a, a an acquired taste in terms of dealing with her, uh, you know, in, interpersona- interpersonally. And I think that breeds a perfect kind of person to, to bring that character to life. So, I, I like I think oh, a lot of what we saw is great. I agree. The whole Nick Fury thing is pretty crazy to see him, look young again, and now he has two eyes, of course. Um, there's a lot to look for in this movie. Um, um you sorry, what you're saying? Do, do we know? Jude Law's playing
2: Marvel. That's right? the big question. Well, we don't know. They haven't confirmed. They haven't it, confirmed but I feel like, like that yet. was reported. When I mean, people are asking the question: Is he playing Marvel? I'm like. It'd be a huge, like one eighty, if if he wasn't playing Marvel. I mean,
0: that would be a it would be a crazy twist if he wasn't. But I almost think that'd be like an unnecessary twist. Right, exactly. I mean, I think he is, but I just think that they're 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 holding that trump card, so to speak. Right. So that when you watch it, it's like oh, that reveal happens. Like I don't think it'll shock like the, the portion of the audience that's us. But I think like the regular people would be like, whoa, this guy is superpowers too, and he's like, incredible? Like, who's this guy? And then we all know who he is, but, um, yeah, I'm almost certain he's Marvel. And Ronan the Accuser's in this movie. Yeah. I'm happy to see him back. I I actually enjoyed him way more than most <laughs> really? people did. And yeah, I thought that he you was... enjoyed him. That's a strong word. I didn't think he was that <laughs> bad.
2: I didn't like Ronan. I, I dealt with him. He was, a, he, was a, he was a product of the
0: movie that was a good movie, so yeah. I wasn't... I didn't hate him. I don't know. I, he didn't bother me nearly as much as maybe other people, but uh, and I thought the cover they had for the for the magazine was great. I mean, it just it just. I think the costume looks right down. um I just did everything they 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 got they nailed this in terms of a look. And I got some of those set I got a Supergirl feel. I don't know if you guys did. I did She's get kind it. of looking in a desert. You know, I don't know. Something about it reminded me of like. This is what I feel like Supergirl will look like if they do this on a big screen level, which is what DC is apparently trying to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's not much else for me to say. I, 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 I dig this. Um, I'm really excited for it. And when you see those scrolls, it's funny. I saw on Twitter they had those Twitter stories, and I got kind of upset because I think now the cat's out of the bag in terms of the main theory that I've been pushing for now three years, which is that the secret invasion thing is happening. And as soon as last year, when they said the scrolls were going to be in at, at San Diego Comic Con, I was like, "Oh, this is it! It's done! Secret Invasion is happening!" And Twitter, actually did a Twitter story of like, you know, fans are pushing theories that uh, uh, the scroll, uh, the scroll involvement in Captain Marvel could lead to a, a larger Marvel story. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, I'm like all these guys now going out there talking about how much who's, they, who's gonna be they've the been scroll. waiting, they've been waiting for this. I'm like, I've been talking about. Hawkeye being a scroll for three years, <laughs> and now it's becoming the mainstream uh, storylines to the point where even Twitter has like a timeline of people talking about it. Look, man, we have documented proof, so it's not that. I know. It's, it's, just, it's true, still right. it's still frustrating to me. I, I like to, I, still, I know I'm a hipster. I like to be the hipster scroll fan, <laughs> The guy who was talking about the scrolls and their involvement in the Marvel universe being larger than uh, we think than before anyone else. No, this is this is really great. I'm excited for it, and I'm hoping we get a trailer soon. Anyone have any guesses when we might get a trailer? Uh, just keep mm-hmm. watching Jimmy Kimmel. You'll you'll see it. At some point. Say, not a New York Comic <laughs> this year. <Yeah. laughs> that means I have to watch Jimmy Kimmel all the time. Yeah, exactly. That's not, watch that's, Jimmy Kimmel. All the time. Not, that's not how I want to spend my Just watch Jimmy Kimmel and Good Morning America. Good Morning America. Yeah, you'll, you'll find see, it. you'll see a you'll see a trailer. If I I, I could <laughs> think of a lot of other things I'd rather be doing than watching Jimmy <laughs> Kimmel and Good Morning America. Not that there are bad shows, but. Not exactly my cup of tea, just to say the least. Uh, and Monday Night Football. <laughs> well, Monday Night Football, I'll watch. I'll be watching Monday Night Football Man, like, probably see, okay. most likely every week. I'll be watching Monday Night Football. So there is that. So that I got a one in third chance of seeing a Captain <laughs> Marvel trailer. I think I might just have to take those chances. Uh, I don't know. I'm thinking movie When the March movie comes out? Yeah, right. I don't know when we're gonna get a trailer. I still think we're very, very far away. Probably. I'm gonna say like December. Why wait so long? It's we have a long way to go before this movie comes out. March yeah, eighth. Why does it feel? Why is? Why does it feel like they've been working on this movie forever, and yet it's March? Been hearing about it forever. That just like now is hitting on me that that hitting on me now it's hit me that, oh, that's happening in March. I'm like, so they did their first featurette on this thing in September. That's kind of early. You think it's early for a March movie? I mean, they did the Avengers joint, what was it, two months before, a month before? Well, but these are like debut pictures. These
2: aren't like,
0: this is like before a trailer. But the the Aquaman joint was like. We were getting pictures for Aquaman for a while. No, but I mean, like the Entertainment Weekly rollout. Like that happened, what? Oh, yeah. That that, happened like in June this year, this summer? But I feel like that was kind of late, even. I feel like at that
1: point, people were kind of asking, like, so what's going on with Aquaman? Right. Right, I guess. Yeah, I don't I know. I mean,
2: some man, solo we didn't see anything. Yeah, solo we didn't like, Solo and Logan, like there, 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 there are, they are, are, are,
0: are some examples where there was nothing done. But I just thought that this was because like when do you think strange. we'll see something
2: Infinity War related? or not Infinity War, Avengers Four related. That's two months. That's two months after. Well, see, that's only we're seeing
0: anything. I, in, in I don't think months. we'll see anything. I don't think. I think we'll get trails, but like in terms of like that, this kind of thing, like a, a cover and stuff. The only we're getting that because it's gonna spoil Captain Marvel. I would say. I think we'll get it after Captain Marvel probably. Right. This That's going to be saying. like a month before. Yeah, it, it may be like right after Captain Marvel, but I don't think it'll be any time after before that. Marvel's kind of has, has a weird I, I think I, if if I would've done that I probably would have put Captain Marvel a little earlier in this year. Maybe by a month. But I don't know. I'm Marvel's made billions of dollars, so clearly <laughs> yeah, they they did. do not need to be taking my advice. Yeah, so just saying, I just do feel like it's kind of weird how they're setting this up so far. Um With that being said, I think this is a good spot to start our Jenny Awards show. So again, like I said, this is our show where we uh, recap uh, the greatest stuff we saw over the course of the superhero TV season last year and this year. So there's a variety of shows that we, of course, recap every week. That includes The Flash, Arrow, um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and so on and so forth. But there are a lot of new shows that uh, came into the fray this year. We had The Runaways. We had uh, Cloak and Dagger um we had the gifted so and we had punisher so there were a lot of different shows to kind of go through to come up with this list to come up with these nominees and to come up eventually with these winners you guys heard the nominee show a couple weeks ago so of course we'll run through the nominees on each section so that you guys aren't like well who were the options of course we're gonna remind you guys what we came up with and then we'll give you guys our winners which we decided before the show in our pre-production meeting it was pretty spirited Not, I think last year, the last two years, I felt like there was way more disagreement than this year. I think this year was the easiest. Maybe it's just because we we this first time we've not done it two years in a row. But I I think the disagreement wasn't as uh, extreme. So, that being said, let's get right to it. Let's start off with our first award. It is the Rookie of the Year award, and this award goes to a character slash actor who is makes their first appearance on a show that's already been on TV. So you can't be a, a new character in a new show. That doesn't count. Like, that's, everyone would be rookies on that show. So we're just talking about the shows that we've already seen that are in at least season two, and they are making their first appearance. The nominees are Bushmaster from Luke Cage, played, played by Mustafa Shakir. Ralph Didney, played by Hartney Sawyer in The Flash. Ricardo Diaz, played by Kurt Acevedo in Arrow. Deke Shaw, played by Jeff Ward in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Rain, played by Odette Annabelle in... Um supergirl, and the winner is Bushmaster played by Mustafa Shakir in a uh in Luke Cage season two this wasn't really much of a discussion it was amongst not. us no nope. this is this this unanimous. unanimous this was unanimous yeah yeah this was
1: unanimous I feel like Bushmaster um for me for me it was easy because Bushmaster. Uh, and he'll 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 you know be mentioned later on. Yeah, he's, the, he's a nominee for other. Yeah, he's a nominee for other things. I mean, his presence was so immediate, immediately right. felt, and it lasted the whole season. Yeah, the whole season from start to finish. For me, that that made this decision. Um, that made this decision honestly very easy for me compared to the other people on this list. He had the biggest impact. For me, Bushmaster
2: was one of the best. Netflix villains we've had in the Netflix Marvel sit run sit run of shows mm-hmm. so and like Shamari said I mean we talked about Cottonmouth being great in last year of Luke Cage we talked about Diamondback not being so great well Bushmaster was a long with a long-running 12 13 episodes where he was a strong villain yeah so that Rain had some up and downs, Deke had some up and downs, some of these other characters, Ricardo Diaz didn't make a, a strong push to the end, so yeah. it's tough. That's why I think Bushmaster got the one here.
0: Yeah, I think this was a uh a a kind of a weak class. Yes. I think overall, I think Bushmaster was like, you know, the Blake Griffin rookie of the year where there was no one close <laughs> exactly. that you even think about. Um I, I don't even know who my number two was. I didn't even get that far. Uh he was spectacular. For me it
2: probably would have been DS.
0: So, yeah, for me it would have been DS. I probably would agree in terms of
2: like actor portrayal. I think he was probably the next best actor.
0: I would agree with that. Yeah, he probably been number two, but um, I mean, Bushmaster was so good. Like you almost, I wasn't like to me the biggest thing about Luke Cage was I was like, okay, how quickly will I be clamoring for cottonmouth like I was for the last with six episodes Bryce, last yeah. year, and I never did. Yeah, off of his strength and off of Mariah's strength, um, both of them were so great that. I never clamored for Cottonmouth at all. And the fact that they were that good, I think is a testament to them, those performances. So that's why Bushmaster takes home Rookie of the Year. He, uh, he, he's the successor in this award to uh, Ghost Rider's uh, Gabriel Luna, who, who played uh, Ghost Rider in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Let's go to now the Best Non-Recurring Villain Award. So the nominees are Jeremiah, played by Cameron Monaghan, Jerome, played by Cameron Monaghan. Uh, both of those from Gotham. The Stepford Cuckoos from The Gifted. Lewis Wilson from The Punisher. And Professor Pig from Gotham. And the winner is Jerome from Gotham, played by Cameron Agnan, the best non-recurring villain this year. Of course, this award goes to um, a villain that is not in every episode as a regular or a main villain for an entire season, but... Um, is indeed a villain for at least one episode and Jerome won this award last year as well so Cameron Madigan's portrayal of this character he just has it completely down packed um, the stuff with him in Arkham with Penguin I thought was some of the more funny and like creepy and like just very enjoyable moments this whole deal with those crazy people in Arkham was great when he got out things got even more crazier he was great this was a split decision um, I believe someone had Lewis. I had Lewis. Shamari had Lewis. Uh what was your case for Lewis? Before I asked him to why eventually we both agreed on uh, Jerome. Um, I mean Jerome was my number
1: two. So I wasn't I wasn't that far removed from you guys. But I had Lewis because I felt like his build up I mean I know when we discussed it you said his 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 uh his you know, his villainy I guess was was like it was a very much a slow build up and then he was good. Shortly for me it was the build up kinda added to it. Mm. You know, because you saw him slowly becoming more and more unhinged. Right. And then when it hit that peak, I was like, this is this is just spectacular. Yeah. So that's why I had him as the best non recurring villain. No of course no disrespect to Jerome. Jerome was fantastic as well.
0: But I thought just seeing his transformation was something very special. I don't disagree. I think that the reason why I held off was because not necessarily at anything wrong at any problems with his buildup but i thought because it was so slow it kind of uh, contributed to the slow aspect of the first four episodes of the punisher where you're kind of waiting for something to happen like you're getting a lot of scenes with this guy you don't really know much about him or why he's important and eventually, he's he's not like a future Easter egg or a future villain or anything. He's just some guy that they're telling a story about. And it is really it is compelling. But I, I, because of that, I don't think I really... Maybe I didn't really appreciate some of that buildup, to be honest. Um, but that was why I, I leaned Jerome. Because Jerome steps on the screen and it's just 0 to 100 immediately. He, you're immediately grasped. You're immediately taken aback by just how awesome he is portraying this version of the Joker. And, um, and again, you have to go back to Arkham, the final episode, which is eventually his demise is spectacular probably the best episode of Gotham, the season one, the best they've probably put together, um, as a series. So I I had no problem putting Jerome ahead of him. Louis was my number two. It was close. Ken, why, why did you go with Jerome as well? For me, Jerome
2: is a character that when we talk about non-recurring villain, You want somebody that has a little bit more, like, impact, like, immediate. You know, it's got to be immediate because it's going to be a short-lived stay on the show for whoever we're talking about. I thought Jerome, well, I think Jeremiah was really good and I think was more interesting because he's ultimately, I guess, the Joker. Spoiler alert for anybody that's listening. But um, Jerome was a character that, I thought, Managnin played that character a little bit better. And I thought he had a little Mm -hmm. bit more impact on the show. So because of that, I I went with Jerome, um, and the ep- an episode that we have as a nominee uh, from Gotham for best episode, that was a Jerome centric episode where, I mean he absolutely killed that role, and so, I I mean I think didn't deserved the uh, the notch on this one.
0: Let's go now um, to one of my favorite uh, categories we do every year. It's best fight scene. So this is of a, a course. We're just taking down the best fights we've seen over the course of the year. Being it a superhero show, we hope that there would be awesome, great action fight scenes. And sure enough, there were plenty of them. So let's get down to the list we got this year. So uh, this one, starting off Quake versus Sonara in Episode 9 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where they're fighting on the Helicarrier. Uh, through a tornado Um, it's great sounds crazy because it is pretty crazy uh we have david versus shadow king in uh the season finale of legion we have punisher versus billy russo in the season finale of the punisher we have luke cage and iron fist versus the stylers in the main ingredient episode and we have, uh, I lost myself here. Oh, um, uh, Oliver and Ricardo Diaz. I believe that was in episode 16 or 17 in, uh, in uh, Arrow, um, the fight where uh, Ricardo promises to lead the city if Oliver beats him. So that being said, the winner is the Punisher versus Billy Russo. And this really eventually becomes the Punisher versus Jigsaw. Uh, this is the beginning of Jigsaw in this fight scene. Um, we watched, of course, in preparation, we tried to watch some of the stuff that we uh, wanted to get familiar with. Watching the scene again, it's still just breathtaking. Um, it's so good. It's so violent. Um, and I think what made the scene great was not just how well it's well done it is. And there's a lot of aspects to it. There's the gunfight with them, you know, on the whatever, that merry-go-round and seeing guys with like machine guns or whatever they, you know, like, assault park. rifles, you know, in like in the Central Park, yeah. in Central Park, and in like an amusement park, is like mm-hmm. crazy imagery. Um, how they use the lights, how they use the reflections yeah. off of the mirrors, and the fact that you know that Frank Frank's family died. No, no, not his family.
1: Well, they they were at. He remember he had that flashback of right. his, his family and Billy Russo at. Know that carnival at that, that, that carnival, carnival. Yeah. place yeah exactly so this was incredible they yeah.
0: just tied in a lot so you got the firefight which is awesome you got the actual fight which is awesome and i think what made the actual fight great for me and the ending great was that it was so it was a great payoff because you know when we watched the punisher when we thought about the idea of the punisher you this is what you wanted you know what i'm saying like i felt like you know, when you thought about the idea of a Punisher show, you're like, oh, it's got to be mad violent. you got to have fight scenes that are just brutal. And um, and it's got to be just like... Castle's got to be crazy, And Castle's got to be unhinged and crazy. And you get this all in this fight. And that's exactly what you ever would have wanted in anything involving the Punisher. And it's brought to your television screen. I can't say enough about it. And the ending is such a... Um, it's such a great payoff because they built up Billy Russo so well that when that happens to him, when his face is mangled and destroyed the way it is, as gruesome as it is, you still feel like he deserves it. (laughs) So um, all that being said, I think this was a clear winner for me. Uh, This was a fantastic scene. Yeah, no, for me, that
2: scene was incredible because, I mean, like you said, the suspense, the action involved was there. But it was there for a lot of these cat with a lot of these uh, scenes that we had as nominees. But I thought, like you said, some of the underlying stuff that came, that went into the scene that maybe wasn't there in some of the other scenes, like you mentioned the the history between Russo and Castle and their families. And um, I thought, like even like EJ mentioned, the way they the way they kind of paralleled. Well, they show Russo's face in the mirror and. Like, how, like, the entire show, he was, like, he was seen as, like, a pretty boy type of character. Then, like, and, like, a lot of his thing was, like, I look a certain way. And so to then have his face all mangled up like that, <laughs> like, that was that was crazy. And then you realize, like, now oh, yeah, so then yeah, he's going to become Jigsaw. Because part of me was, like, Russo's such a good villain, I don't want him to die off. And also, I didn't want him to die because part of me was, like, like, you want him to kind of live with that punishment. Of, like, you know, right. like, your face is going to be bashed up or whatever. Um, so, like, it it had, it was a full, it had everything in that scene. That scene had everything you'd want in a fight scene, from emotion to action to, uh,
1: drama. Exactly. I mean, I echo both of your sentiments. This was, um, this was unanimous, I believe, right? Was this unanimous? Yes. Yeah, this was unanimous. So, this was, um, you know, this, the intensity, and just the, it was so personal. Yeah. This was the most intense fight. This is one of the most, like, personal, intense fights that we've had in, like, a while. On TV. On TV. For for any of the shows that we've watched. Honestly, this was, like, watching this, it was, like, especially after the whole season built to this. And everything with his family and with his past with Billy Russo in the Army and just everything. I'm just like, man, this is just, you know, everything just came to a head in that moment. And it was so intense with and with the hostages that he had were just random kids that he was just holding hostage for just no reason. It was just crazy. I know. It was a, a crazy intense scene, and you know I'm looking forward to seeing. Madani gets shot. Yeah, Madani gets shot. Yeah. Like it was I thought really she was dead. Which, I mean, at the time I was like, it was crazy. Yeah. I, at some reason I didn't think she was getting. I didn't think off I didn't that. think they were gonna kill her off like that either. Not in some side shot. Yeah, but like I felt it would have been more dramatic. They gave her a lot of time during that season. So, so, so yeah. I mean, um, but yeah, I hope to see more of of uh, Jigsaw next season. Oh, you know, even though I know we're getting you know bullseye. Have you seen any of the set
2: photos? No, I have not. Yeah, there are set photos of what Billy Russo will look like and stuff Ah, for seasons. Yeah, I don't know why they leaked this stuff. They gotta stop leaking. (laughs) stop all the leaks (laughs) gotta contain the leaks Uh,
0: let's get to best female supporting character the nominees this year are Polaris um, played by Emma Dumont in uh, The Gifted Misty Knight played by Simone Missick in Luke Cage Lenny played by Arby Plaza in um, Legion Anissa Pierce played by nafessa williams in black lightning and alex danvers played by kyler lee in um supergirl and the winner is polaris from the gifted so this is a new show first nomination or second nomination uh for this new show in the Gifted, and the first winner that they have so congrats to the gifted i very much enjoyed that season and congrats to emma because uh, she did a great job playing Polaris. And I thought there was a little bit of pressure on this character. Because Polaris was probably the most well-known character on this division. show. I mean, maybe her and Thunderbird, maybe. No, Polaris. I yeah, would I would say Polaris over Thunderbird. But he would be the like second best. Like for our best. generation. Because I'd say for any generation, I think. I think even for old. I mean, Polaris is the daughter of Magneto. Exactly. And she's a long-standing exactly. member of... I can only think for myself that I I knew a lot more about
2: Polaris than Thunderbird. I guess
0: this is what I'm trying to say. Right. Yeah. I
2: mean, <laughs> maybe older people know Thunderbird more than I do. I don't know.
0: Yeah. So so Polaris is is a a, a well known mutant. So I think she's the character that brings people to this show, in terms of just like the marquee. Like, okay, I'm watching the Through Well, who's on this show? You hear Polaris and like, okay, well, I'll give this a shot. So there's a lot rotting on this. She's a complex character because you got to deal with her powers along with uh her bipolar disorder and trying to use that in a way that is um accurate and 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 uh engaging for the viewers and i thought they did a great job with it um she was great seeing her kind of mood swings seeing her eventual turn to pretty much almost being evil at the end all of it was just really well done it was a tough race between to, for me between uh Polaris and Misty Knight, they both were great. But I just feel like Misty felt a little bit more like a sidekick for a lot of this season. And I'm not sure if there was a lot of advancement with her character as much as there was with Polaris. Where clearly from the beginning of this season to the end, she goes through a lot. And she's an entirely different person by the time the season's over. Yeah. I mean, it's like you see a hint of it in the
1: beginning where she kind of has a, a crazy edge. But by the end, that's just all she is and misty knight and i was kind of back and forth in misty knight as well but you don't see that kind of transformation with misty knight and i think that polaris also kind of had an edge had an edge in this uh category because she's like she is a supporting character but she kind of feels like a main character yeah so it's so she kind of has an advantage in that sense as well um you know, so she, but, but she, well, she is a supporting character, but she, I feel like she's like the bread and butter of the show, like you were saying, you yeah, you know, she's what brings people in, so they make sure to give her a lot of screen time right. and a lot of story, yeah. So yeah, she yeah. feels like an. Like main people character. watch Luke Cage to watch Luke Cage, yeah, exactly. You know, Misty Knight yeah. is just
2: an extra that yeah does an excellent job and adds a lot
1: to the show. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are watching The Gifted to see Polaris. Yeah. And to see what happens with her.
2: I mean, look, if Polaris isn't on The Gifted, I'm not nearly as interested in the initial show. I'm like, who do they got? Yeah, exactly. Blink. Yeah, Exactly. Blake yeah, is another one that's sort of known because of the X-Men movies. But yeah, Polaris, I thought, did an excellent job. Like you said, there was a lot of pressure on the character, and she delivered. Winning a, a, a category like this in your first year um, is not something that I would have even expected. It's very difficult to do. I don't know if have ever done it. I mean, if you would have told me that Polaris is going to win best female supporting character, I would have been like, wow. I mean, she must have been really good. I mean, she was really good, so it's a credit to her. I mean, she'll have a shot, I'm sure, next season as well (laughs) to win a a second. Is this unanimous? I don't remember. I had Polaris. I I believe I had Misty Knight. Okay. What was your case for Misty Knight? I mean, look, I mean, Misty Knight I thought was – I, I think I gave more credit to the actress, you know, Simone uh, so Mystic. I thought that she did an excellent job, which I think we all thought she did an excellent yeah. job. But um, also, while I didn't love the initial story with, you know, her having the no arm, mm-hmm. you know, I think that dragged a little bit. But right when I thought it was getting too long, you know, she got her arm. <laughs> when she got her arm, I think she hit the ground running right and was fantastic. So. Also, I think The Gifted's so long, so, like, I didn't, what was The Gifted, 20-something episodes? Yeah, I believe it's a full Yeah, so, like, it's tough for me to even grasp everything Polaris did, and, like, there was probably
0: some lulls in there where she really wasn't that important, so that's also probably something that I wrestled with. It's funny you say that. I know this is a little bit off-topic, but to me, if The Gifted was 13 episodes, I think it is, without question, in the nominees for Best Show. It could have been, yeah. I think... And it almost still made it, but I think, but I I think there are a little bit of just like oh mutants on the run episodes, yeah. Well, you know nothing really is going to happen, but like it's it's a good show, so you're you're still watching it.
2: It's very similar to Heroes, and like imagine if Heroes was twenty something episodes, like on on NBC, right? A show used to come on, like that wasn't twenty something, I don't believe, right? Um, Maybe the original was. I know the the newer one Yeah, was, the newer one, one, one And that one made it made sense. Yeah, that was yeah. like ten episodes or something like that. Yeah. But like, I feel you can't do that show for twenty something episodes and expect it to be amazing. That's tough. It's hard
0: to do any show for twenty something episodes and expect it to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's. Ooh, I totally agree with that. Um, let's go to male supporting character. This year we have Leopold Fitz from Agents of Shield, played by. In the Casticker. Also we have Micro played by Ebon Moss Banarik from The Punisher. We have Peter Gamby played by James Remmer from Black Lightning. We have Shade played by Theo Rossi from Luke Cage and General Zai played by Colin Simon from uh Krypton. And the winner is Micro played by Ebon Moss Bacharok. Uh I did not have Micro. I don't believe I think I had Gamby. You guys both picked Micro. What was you guys a uh, choice or uh, a reasoning for going with him? Micro Micro is like your your ideal
1: like wingman. Yeah, for like everything. <laughs> you know, like Micro was just like so what are we going to do Frank, you know, like in the basement like trying to like keep Frank from just going completely off the deep end. And then also you cared a lot about Micro, and I think I think you did uh, about Gamby as well, which is why I feel like Micro and Gamby are kind, yeah, kind yeah, of very very, similar. Kind of, kind of kind similar, similar, yeah. So. Yeah. you care a lot about Micro because of everything with his family too, and his son, kind of losing his control and and his wife. Yeah, I couldn't stand the son. Well, I mean, Kendall couldn't stand the son. But like, but his yeah, son like, was a trash kid. Yeah, sorry. I mean, his son was kind of a trash kid. kid. But like. You know, I mean, but you cared about micro, yeah, and micro was honestly trying like very hard to help Frank, you know, even though frank was Frank's mission, you know <laughs> micro didn't maybe didn't think he was going about it the right way or whatever, but he was still there, you know to help him and to help him expose this crazy conspiracy, you know, so he so I don't know, and just seeing their their bond kind of develop through this season um it was just it was just really good. I felt like Gamby I felt like Gamby's journey was good as well. I, but I think Micro I feel like especially since I I was like iffy on Micro at first. Gambi was like immediately like, yo, Gambi's just Black Lightning's guy. Right, Micro, yeah. I didn't know who Micro was. Yeah. I'm like who's this guy? This hacker guy that like knows who Frank Castle is. Yeah. And is in a basement. But then he ended up being like the best like like side character of all the shows. Yeah, I feel like this
2: this award is, I, I don't know if i said this before, but I feel like this award is made for Micro's character. Yeah, basically. Like, he's made just to be, like, <laughs> a great supporting character. Yeah. Just every day because it shows the Punisher, but Micro is, like, on the Punisher, by the Punisher's side at all times. He's your classic, uh, you know, Oracle character, your classic Felicity, yeah, you know, know, Wade from Kim Possible, you know, that, that the guy in the chair. The guy in the chair. The guy in the chair yeah. from Absolutely. Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, his, that's his. role, and he does it extremely well. Um, his backstory of being like an ex-NSA guy. Uh, it's very like Edward Snowden. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Inspired. They, they pull the Edward Snowden kind of backstory, <laughs> yeah. uh, and the way that they differentiate his backstory from Castle's, but how it's still like kind of similar. Yeah. I mean, they do an excellent job with micro story. So, I that one. I mean, I thought the actor did a good job, but that this choice for me was less about the actor as much as it was about the story. The mm. story they told with him, and the story they, the writer did an excellent job with the character. So I give them as much credit as I give the actor in this one. I
0: think that's a good point. I do think that they, they wrote that character very well. And I think that why I didn't have him as my number one, what I did very much appreciate about Micro was how much his character paralleled Frank's and also played off of Frank and how much they played off of each other and how much one couldn't strive without the other. In fact, we kind of saw what they were without each other. One guy was living in a basement doing nothing, basically waiting to die. The other was just like in a disguise working at a construction site or offing random, you know, drug lords in Mexico. Like yeah. neither one really was close to accomplishing what they needed to do to eventually clear their names. Or eventually get whatever they wanted, uh, in terms of uh, in terms of retribution. They were just kind of like, they were kind of just wallowing away, waiting to die. And I think that when you see how much they needed each other and how much they were able to accomplish, which they did finally agree to work together, it was great. I liked how they both kind of kept each other on mission. Like how many times did like Micro tell Frank like Look, like forget your freaking vendetta and just like get this job done so we can." You know get our lives back or how much time how many times did you know frank had told michael hey forget about your goddamn family and <laughs> stay on mission so we can get your family back like like so many of those like interactions were great and, and how they both had to kind of put some of their personal emotions and stuff aside and how they reminded each other over and over again so yeah micro was awesome i i loved them i went with gambi because i thought gambi gambi is micro to me if micro had like another twist to his character like, if you found out, oh, like, but, like, micro like, worked for, like, the guys that Frank <laughs> was trying to kill, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, that's basically what happened with Gambi. is that you realize, like, oh, he's kind of been down with, like, all the stuff that created the situation we we're in to begin with. He's kind of part of the reason why the city is the way it is, like, and, and, and then you see kind of how he's worked in the shadows and how he's tried to kind of atone for his life by working with Black Lightning, and this kid that he met so young, and I just love his character. I love his story. Again, that's another char- that's another character where I think that the acting is good, but the story, the 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 character is written very well. So they would have been my top two picks here. I had no problem with you guys going with uh micro, but I thought Gambi was was excellent as well. Let's go to the best OMG moment of the year. So this one, our nominees are mariah and her crew roll up into the jamaican restaurant in brooklyn and kill everyone (laughs) everyone on site pretty much um we have jerome uh jeremiah becoming the joker uh after jerome's death we have mariah i um telling tilda about who she really is and and who her real father is and why she killed cornell we have doomsday being shown as a Easter egg slash po- possible future villain in um, Krypton. And we have Zod taking over Krypton and in suit, taking over Metropolis. And the winner is Zod taking over Krypton and um, pretty much erasing Superman from existence and taking over Metropolis. This was... A tough one for me, uh, I did not have this one as number one. I had uh, Mariah telling talking to Tilda and that monologue being number one. You guys both had Zod. Shamari, why did you go with Zod? You actually switched. You had the Doomsday. Then when you watched Zod again, you went back to Zod, which ended up giving him the win here. Why Zod here? I mean, I had Zod number two behind Doomsday, but I'm watching the Zod thing again.
1: I feel like everything with that Zod scene... With his speech with, you know, the cape, the Superman cape in, in the fortress turning into Zod's Cape with um the statue in that on that that little uh in that that other um where uh what's his name is? Uh Adam strange. strange.
0: Is that Metropolis? Where where is he? Is I he, he on is he one of those... Probably Metropolis. I thought he's from Detroit. Probably in Metropolis. Yeah, I, I thought that, yeah. that was supposed to be Metropolis. Okay. Um, but yeah, but it might this, not be. It could just be he took over he took America. January, yeah. You know, I don't know. But he,
1: um, but yeah, that Superman statue turning into a Zod statue. Just everything about that scene was just so alarming. It was just, it, yeah, it was just crazy. And it's like he won, like Zod won, you know, which is like crazy to think about. As crazy as Doomsday is, Doomsday is still second for me. Um, just seeing that was just like it was just crazy. It's definitely the biggest OMG moment for me. Yeah, um, that Zod scene. I mean, I remember watching
2: that. Like, I thought Krypton was like good, but I don't think was, I didn't think it was amazing. And watching that, uh, that last scene, like, I mean, the best moment I think of any. Uh, any show that we had all season. Um, Like that scene alone wanted me to get just like, wanted me to put on a a best cliffhanger category just so we could win that as well. Because that like got me so excited for Krypton season two. Um, Like you see Zod, he's had, he had his role in the season. He did a good job, but then you have him now in power on Krypton and, Seg is gone, and and it's funny, yeah, like, the main character character being ousted is, like, the least most (laughs) important part.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, It's,
2: like, the least thing, it's like, oh, yeah, Seg's gone, by the way. But, oh, the Zod gave (laughs) him this amazing speech, and... Superman doesn't exist. Yeah, the Superman cape is is changed to a Zod cape, and, like, then you get the Zod speech, and you see the Zod statue, and then by the end, you see Doomsday, and, I mean, everything just goes crazy, so I had to give that scene the, the edge for me.
0: Um... I love that scene with Mariah and Tilda. Excellent. Scene. I think yeah, it's uh, if I if Alfie Woodard wanted to submit like an Emmy profile or an Emmy reel, that would be the scene she should submit. Uh, or just like anything in terms of just like how great I am as an actress, I'll play this scene. It's acted so well. the 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 om, It is an OMG moment because Tilda being you know a child of incest is like pretty crazy hold the whole story of who her father was all pretty crazy and what makes it kind of crazy is that Mariah is so devious and so such a bad person that you, you still almost don't know if she's telling the truth about everything it's still come from for her from her perspective so it still could be you know all bs or some partially bs but just the the reveal is so crushing that and acting so good that that to me was just like it just to me that's the best scene i watched all year but um i had no problem with zod being number one again you want to talk about great acting i think that um i think that that also is a an example of phenomenal acting and if uh um collins uh, salmon wanted to use that as a, a way to show what his acting ability is like he should use that scene um, but that scene is a little different because it's not just his the monologue he delivers, which is great, but it's the imagery that you already talked about. The changing cape, the statue, uh, even the even like the quote unquote like homeless people, I guess, for lack of a better term, or uh, you know, the nameless, whatever they call them now being oh, sub- yeah, the, the rankless yeah, yeah the rankless being like submitted into the military like you know like in like you but re- like yo we're gonna have a dope military now everyone who's rankless y'all fighting for us now like it's just like a crazy speech um and to me it also was crazy because you see this turn from zod because the whole season i mean you see zod is like you know a little more aggressive a little more ready to kill a little more you know ruthless but like he's not evil necessarily for almost the entire season this is the moment where you're like oh my god this is a madman (laughs) but you don't see that like because at the end of the day he's working with your heroes they're all trying to save the city to beat brainiac and then you get to this point you're like oh this is why this guy being around is a bad this is why adam kept saying we need to kill this guy on sight (laughs) and now you see it and you, you see it come in such strong fruition it's great and it's like like Shamari said it's a, a revelation that Zod won Zod has everything he wants he is at his home it is restored and he is the ruler I mean that's that's everything General Zod would have ever won in his life and now he has it and he's eliminated Superman yep. like all he had to do was just like you know get rid of his grandfather <laughs> Um, but he did it and then and we get to that realization at that point it's, uh, it's it's tough. It's, it's, a, it's a really well done scene. Let's get to now the uh, best episode of this year. So we have Luke Cage in the main ingredient. If you remember this episode, this was the Iron Fist uh, team up episode. Also ending with Mariah killing all the people in the Jamaican restaurant in Brooklyn. We have Enter Flash Time. This was episode where Flash is uh, in a race to stop a bomb, a nuclear bomb from going off in Central City. This is actually the Flash's only nomination nomination this year. Yeah, I it's, struggled is, to get that one on. Anyway. It just it just <laughs> tells you something for the what they had this year. We have
1: well,
2: no, they but, got nothing, they got uh, Ralph Dibney also. To, oh, Disney didn't make it, yeah. yeah I was,
1: was going to say that had nothing to do with the main story too.
0: Yeah, yeah know, it, was it was a right. random episode. Yeah, <laughs> that's why it was good. Um, we have the Punisher, Virtue of the Vicious. This is the episode that ends with uh, Louis um, blowing himself up. This, is, of course, is the non-linear storytelling episode. We have uh, Gotham. That's entertainment. This episode ends with Jerome kind of killing himself, uh, at least him, you know, resigning himself to his death. Uh, and the and begins right. begins yeah, okay. the Jeremiah turn at the end. We have also Legion chapter twelve. This was the story inside the head of uh, Sid and learning about her backstory. So the winner is Enter Flash Time. The Flash. It's the Flash's only win this year. Because they're not nominated for anything else, it is the only a second nomination. This is a pretty interesting situation because the flash is such a rough year, obviously, because they're very they're not very well represented on this show. But they did win best episode. So Kendall, explain why why, why you came to this conclusion. Yeah, I feel like this is like because I also for the that third or fourth time in a row did not have this as right, my right. pick. <laughs> EJ's like yeah, I love, I'm not part of this man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, this is like when you're watching like some random award show, and they have, like, oh like for sports, like, the ESPYs, and they have best play. It's, like, some guy that had an awful year, an awful season, but they had one great play where it's like, <laughs> oh look, it's a highlight. Yeah. <laughs> so we gotta put it on there. But, uh, no, I think this episode was actually really good. It was really well done. Um, I thought of all the episodes that had the most suspense. Didn't have a whole lot of stakes, because I think we all knew that nobody was gonna die. You know, it was like the world was gonna explode, but just the way they did it, um, they did it in a way that was, uh, it was very interesting to watch. Uh, that was the episode where Jay Garrick also then has to go back or something like that. Yeah, he has to like sacrifice himself. That was pretty crazy. Um, overall, I thought that that episode had a lot from what you would want in an episode that isn't a finale. Cause like I said, I think I, I weigh non-finale episodes more than finale episodes. I feel like sometimes the season finales are supposed to be crazy. There's gonna be crazy stuff happening. The Krypton finale is really good, but it, it better have been good because the rest of the season kind of was lackluster for me. So, like, that kind of stuff uh, is why Enter Flash time was more important for me than some of these other episodes.
1: Um, I didn't have this as my number one either, but I did no, have I it as my number one. I did have it as my <laughs> number two. Um, I had the I had the uh, Gotham episode. That's entertainment.
0: Yeah, I think this is this might have been the only one where we had all three different answers. Yeah, we all had different answers on this one. Um, so we had to then come up with a convoluted way, convoluted way to figure out yeah. that this was the one. I mean, for me, that's
1: entertainment. You know, I was glued. My eyes were glued to the screen. You know, and I just had no idea what was gonna happen. <laughs> you know, I hadn't seen or heard any spoilers. I had no idea what was happening. Um, I just knew Jerome was going crazy. And doing all this crazy stuff in the middle of Gotham, and you know Jeremiah's off somewhere doing, hoping Jerome doesn't kill everybody. Yeah, and that Bruce had to go down there and sacrifice himself to, to save the the mayor and all these other people yeah. that he just had on the stage with bombs on their necks. Like that, I was just, this is insane. Um, so that was my best episode. Well, that that was the
2: episode we found out that he even had a twin brother, right? Was it the same? I believe that might have been
1: the first Yeah, episode. I believe that's the first time we see him. Oh, yes. I mean, that's just, that makes it even more. Um, uh, but, yeah. So, that that episode was just, ugh. that was a crazy episode. But, um, but, Flash Time was great, too. You know? I mean, Flash Time was, I think that is kind of a special episode in terms of seeing how
0: powerful the Flash is honestly. And by the way, that was actually the second episode featuring Jerome's twin. I think he was right. in the previous episode. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering if that, how that was how that
1: worked out. But um but yeah, like I think you see how powerful the Flash is and how you know, he's ta- he's taking people out of into the Speed Force and like and like or or like giving them, you know, the ability to tap into the Speed Force. And so that they are able to move at the same speed that as That was crazy. I'm just like, this is crazy.
2: And the way he was wearing down as the episode went on. Yeah, off. he was wearing yeah. down visibly. I, I just think that wearing was one down. of
0: the best episodes acting from Grant Gustin. Yeah, like, I mean, that was he, crazy to see. Because he had to act like someone who had been running 100 miles, 100 mi- 100 marathons. But like was also still, still, huh? It was, was like, still going... But, like, he was going in regular... He was walking in regular speed. He was doing things at regular speed. But he had to look like someone that was exhausted. Yeah. And it was just... It was just jarring to see and
1: to think about, you know. And to know that a a nuke is literally going off now. Yeah, wow. (laughs) One flip up and everything's done. Yeah, exactly. So, that was just... It was a very, very intense episode. So, yeah, that was a really, really good episode, too.
0: Yeah, I kind of feel bad that, like... a episode away from storyline wins here because we had such great storylines in these other seasons um i didn't have enter flash time uh as high but since you guys when uh, you guys had a second that that yeah, led it to, to winning i had the punisher episode then i probably would i think i had luke cage number two but it's flash time is a great episode man um and i think it had some great individual moments i think that's what made it so great for me mm-hmm. even beyond Grant Gustin's acting yeah. being yeah. so desperate. I, with the uh,
1: what's her name, Killer Frost, as well.
0: He had a great scene with Killer Frost. I thought, to me, honestly, I thought one of my favorite scenes was a scene between Jesse. I think her dad. Doesn't she have one with, um, with uh, well, Wells, Harry? Yeah, before you know, because she remember it's her. It's those three. It's it's you know, it was Barry. It was Jay and and Jesse. And eventually, you know, Jay's old. He can't get it done. He he types out and then it's Jesse taps out and then it's just Barry. But, um, I believe during that time period, there is a, a touching scene with, uh, with Jesse and, and, and Wells. That's great. Mm. Uh, Barry has a lot of great scenes. The scene at the end when he's desperate and with Iris, he's like, I failed, I failed. We're, you know, we're going to die. He's like, what are you talking about? And like, it's all just, it's just a really good episode. Very emotional. Um, it's like so good. It's almost like its only weakness is that you just like know there's some way this is not gonna end the way it looks like it is. Right. I almost wish it would have been like a season finale, it's, like it's somehow or yeah, like, like, like somehow they would have like beaten uh, the other guy, whoever the hell his name was, <laughs> um, thinker. Oh, yeah, yeah, they would beating Devoe, but then like they had this. Then all of a sudden this happened, and then Barry had to like do all this stuff. It kind of would have been a great way to end the season. It kind of would have gave us. At least something to hang on to as something great from that disaster that was that storyline. Yeah, but this I don't is like the comics when they do that stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, oh, and, The Bond's gonna go off in so. like a random cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah, to get you to <laughs> buy the next issue. Yeah, definitely comic booky how that ended. Um, let's go to best villain. We got Bushmaster, Shadow King. Uh, Bushmaster of course played by Mustafa Shakir, who we mentioned already. The Shadow King played by Navid, uh, Nagabon in uh, Legion we have Billy Russo played by Ben Barnes in the Punisher we have Mariah Dill played by Alfrey Woodard in uh, Luke Cage and we have Brainiac played by Blake Riston and the winner is Bushmaster uh, played by Mustafa Shakir this is his second award I think only Punisher and now uh, whoever won also uh, has won two awards in one year right as one character? Yeah, I think Punisher did it. as was rookie of the year and then, like, best Did Ghost Rider character. do it? Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. think he did. And I was looking at the. No, because I have all of his stuff here. He would not support. No. Because that was Fitz. Yeah, that was Fitz. Yeah, he beat out Ghost Rider. Mm. That's, yes, I think this is a, a. Or maybe what's. No, I was going to say, did maybe what's name do it? But no, because I thought uh, Prometheus, but no, because uh, Ghost Rider was best. It was rookie of the year? Yeah. So this is, uh, I think, one of the first times, if not the first time, someone's ever won two awards in one year. Uh, can you want to say anything about uh, Bushmaster for a second time here? Yeah. No. And I mean, compared to compared to I this, 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 I believe I had. List. So. I believe I had Billy Russo winning this one. Right. This is also this is the second time where we had three different people because I had Mariah Dillon.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, I thought Russo. I mean, Bushmaster was great. Um. I guess the only thing with Bushmaster was that, I think by the end, he kind of wasn't the last guy, and mm. it fell apart a little... Not, it didn't fall apart, but, like, I don't think the last two or three episodes of Bushmaster were as good as, maybe, like, the build-up. Okay. So, for me, either while I thought, I mean, Billy Russo, up until the last, literally, the, like, the last scene... <laughs> um as he won best fight scene in the last episode, uh, was was great. So I I gave that, and also I think the I mean the story behind Bushmaster was also amazing. It could go either way. It was really splitting hairs, but Bushmaster I think he certainly deserved the win here. Um, he was a great villain. Uh, but like I said, we talked about him as rookie of the
1: year. Yeah, I mean I had Bushmaster winning this one, um, and again for the same reasons that you know I said before when when he got he had a when he got rookie of the year. Um, I mean, he his presence was immediately felt, immediately, <laughs> from the second he came on, on the scene, and he was engaging and charismatic, and his, his his story was deep, they went in depth with Bushmaster, they went in depth with his story, you know, they, they first showed how menacing he could be, and then they showed the reasons for his, for why he does what he does, with everything that happened with Mama Mabel, and and with his with the stoke with the stokes mm-hmm. and and the guy the McIvers. and um you know and it and it showed it just showed how 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 basically just how great he was um so yeah i really enjoyed seeing bushmaster this season uh no disrespect to any of these other villains they were all really good um but bushmaster i had to give it to bushmaster cuz i enjoyed watching him the whole season
0: the most of everyone else that's on this list yeah i think with bushmaster i think what makes him great is that whenever you have a villain and you you paint him in a way that's compelling enough to where you understand his beef where you see why he doesn't see why what he's doing wrong where he he's justified in his actions to some degree uh those to me are always the most compelling villains they're not just like oh this is an obviously evil person and that's it like when you see oh in their mind they are one hundred percent correct because of what has been done to them. And then you see what's been done to them and what created who this person is now. Luke Craig did a really good job of weaving that through. And they did it in a way that wasn't you kind of knew in shorthand kind of probably what happened, but like they interwove it in a way that was still like um like mysterious. Like you still were kind of waiting, okay, there's something issue with the Stokes. What did the Stokes do that could have been so bad that like he's like this? Then he explains it, and you say, okay, that's really bad. But, like, how bad could it have really been, I guess? I don't even know if you say that, but you just say, like, okay, that's bad. And then you, you actually see it in the flashback, and you're like, oh, this is really bad. And then you see them try to kill him again. You're like, oh, this is really bad. Like, that whole beef is, they, they build it up in a way that's so good that it makes him so compelling as a villain to the point where, like, luke and i think luke is almost like the viewer in some ways where like he's like yo should i just let him just kill mariah like what like wouldn't it just be easier and like you're kind of in your head you're kind of like mariah kind of deserves it maybe he'd go away after he kills her once Now his family's gone like maybe it wouldn't be all that big a deal uh-huh but like obviously you know you, luke can't do that and as a viewer you know he can't do that but that's because of how well it's 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 written that it comes out that way so Bushmaster is great um, I have Mariah Dillard as number one. She's just so, I mean, in, in many ways, she kind of has a similar deal where you kind of learn more about her over the course of the season as well. And that also makes her com- more compelling between the relationship with her daughter, her past with, um, uncle Pete and, and the things that matter. It, it was just all good. These are all really good villains. They all could have won in another year. Um, but I, I think that Bushmaster is a great choice. I have no issue with him winning, even though I had Mariah number two, uh, number one rather. Okay, let's go to best male hero. This is a slight alteration from previous years. Normally, we just did best hero, but this year we split them up because there's so many more shows now um, that we felt like it was more fair to separate the villains of the heroes from male and female. So, that being said, we have David Holler from Legion. We have, a fr- played by Dan Stevens, of course. We have Luke Cage, played by Mike Coulter in Luke Cage. We have uh, Frank Castle, The Punisher, played by John Bernthal in The Punisher. We have um, Black Lightning, played by Cress Williams in Black Lightning. And we have Oliver Queen, uh, Green Arrow, played by uh, Stephen Mell in Arrow. And the winner is The Punisher. Played by John Bernthal in The Punisher. This was not easy. I think all of us were kinda of down to Punisher and Luke Cage, if I'm not mistaken. For yes. the top two? No, I was down to Punisher and Black Lightning. Oh, you had Black Lightning. Okay. Uh, um Bernthal is just I mean, he's just built he I just mean, for me for it role. was easy. Yeah. Yeah, he's just he just built for the role. Um so for me, I guess it was only, I was the only one who was conflicted. Uh, he, he just, he, like, he's just a perfect casting, you know? And then sometimes you get that. You get a character who you know you're going to need a certain type of person, a certain type of actor to get the most out of it. Um, he's not a character where you can just write it well and, oh, the character's going to come out great. Like, he's a character where, like, it's so much of it is emotional that if you don't get the right person, I don't care how well the script is, or how well you set everything up, how well you shoot everything. If the guy can't deliver the lines and deliver the action, it's not going to work. And Bernthal is a like grand slam casting. He was so great in Daredevil, you wonder how he's going to be in his own show. And he does not disappoint at all. No question. Uh, he's a great choice to be the best male hero this year. The first ever best male hero since we've ever had gendered uh, awards in previous years.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Punisher was fantastic this season. Um, and you're right, E.J. Frank Castle, this is a very, this is very much an, um this is a very character-driven um, um, show. And this is a character that's, that's based on very strong emotions and being very impulsive and, excuse me, being very intense. So you need an actor who can portray that. And Bernthal can definitely portray that. So, yeah, I mean, Bernthal was spectacular this season as the Punisher. Um, but also the Punisher, and you, you guys are right, like, the Punisher was made for this category because his, his storylines are always going to be so intense and yeah. so personal and so violent. And It's like you don't see that in really anywhere on, on TV, especially. So, yeah, I mean, just having his show in general, that's why people were so excited for his show. And especially seeing what Brenthal was able to do in Daredevil, like you knew, um, you just knew the Punisher on his show was going to be spectacular. And he was. Yeah, I mean, John Brenthal,
2: his portrayal of the Punisher is, I mean, obviously it's, it's, it's incredible. He was always going to, I mean, this, I, I would have been shocked had he not won this coming into the Punisher. <laughs> like if the Punisher when the Punisher was announced, I was shocked. I would have been shocked that he not won Best Male mm-hmm. Actor because he's he's the best. Um, I mean, I think he's his character is probably the best that we've had on television, in comic book, comic book movie or comic book television. Uh, currently, I think he's certainly the best out there, and he's the best I've seen in a long time in terms of portrayal. Uh, you can talk about accuracy to the comics. You can talk about uh intensity. I mean he's he's just done an excellent job with that character, so uh there's not too much I can say that hasn't already been said about John Bernthal. Probably not much I could say that hadn't that wasn't said two years ago when he won uh for his role in Daredevil.
0: It's kinda of the same guy, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No, it's uh it's like you watched what he did in Daredevil and you were like, yo, if I get this for 13 episodes, like, sign me up. and that's what they delivered. He's great. Um, I had Luke Cage as a close second. I know you guys weren't as close on anyone else in the awards, but, I mean, I thought Luke was just, and Mike Coulter's portrayal is just so solid. It's just like, he's like, to me, like you're Tim Duncan. Like, you know who you're gonna get. Like, it may not be like the most like, spectacular, unbelievable acting you've ever seen, but like you have, but um, but but you know you're gonna get like just a solid all around great performance. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's gonna play that role great, and he's gonna play off of his teammates like the way Tim Duncan. He's gonna play off of Mariah. He's gonna play off of uh, Missy Knight. He's gonna play off of um, now a Bushmaster or like, Shade. Like the way he plays off those characters is so good. He's just so solid that I didn't wanna. I feel like he's so great that I felt you like want to give him our romance. yeah, like he like. To me he's very close to puncher because like he does his job so perfectly well. Yeah, I thought about and then how he played engaged. off of his dad. That was another uh that was another a uh, factor in this that I, I thought that was great.
2: The reason he didn't win was for me, I didn't think he played off of Claire as well this year. I thought their dynamic was not nearly as good as it has been as it had been in the past. So and look, I think that was a story there was a story reason for that. But um I think that that probably is what kind of created the the, the the separation for Punisher in this category.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I, I enjoy Luke Cage in everything that he's in, whether it be his show, The Defenders, you know, uh, Jessica Jones. You know, I think Mike Colter has that has that roll down pack similar to how um, uh, what's his name um has Green Arrow. Stephen Mel, yeah, Stephen Mel. Yeah. Like Stephen Mel is Green Arrow, right. right? Yeah, you know I think it's similar. Mike Holter is Luke Cage. Um, I almost had Jefferson Pierce because, I thought, um, I thought the actor playing Black Lightning, did, Chris Williams. Yeah, Chris Williams. I thought he did a great job portraying Black Lightning, and you know, and he did a great job portraying how. Um, I thought the character was written very well, also. In that he wasn't always in the right. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes he let his emotions get the best of him. Yeah, they did a great of, job with that in terms of how he acted. Um, and they also showed him getting, you know, more powerful. And they also showed him as a father as well, which is something that we had we didn't really see except maybe with Arrow with uh, William mm-hmm. and but, a community member of school. Yeah, and a commu- community member of the yeah. community trying to help his community. Yeah. You know. Being a, you know obviously like not exactly you know a wealthy community He's trying to help like his 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 you know struggling community right, yeah. do well Under, underserved yeah underprivileged yeah. underserved community do well and you know seeing that on TV is something you don't
0: you're not gonna see that on TV yeah that was so that, that was special in itself yeah that that was how great that's why that show is so great is that like Black Lightning and why I could appreciate more having him so close here or at least having him in number two was that's a that's like a like you said that's a threefold character yeah that's Jefferson Pierce the father that's Jefferson Pierce the principal yeah it's last community person yep. figure yeah yeah a community figure and then there's black lightning yeah like and he did them all extremely 100 percent well like some of my favorite scenes with black lightning are him as the dad right.
1: <laughs> not even as black lightning
0: yeah I love scenes where he's dealing with the community like dealing with the regular people as just As jefferson, jefferson pierce. pierce like that character is awesome like they did a great job it, to me like again this is another character category where punisher is just such a juggernaut for lack of a better term like i mean david haller is david Haller. he's great every year he won last year he can win every year he was great again this season um but I, honestly i think he had separate competition this year yeah and, and that's why i think uh punisher ended up getting the edge let's get to best female hero we're getting to the end of the night here on this podcast so we have supergirl played by Melissa benost and of course supergirl we have jessica jones played by kristen ritter and jessica jones we have daisy played by chloe bennett in agents of shield we have dagger played by olivia holt in closing dagger that's cloaking dagger's first uh jenny award nominee and we have Nico, played by lyrica okano and this is uh from Runaways, which is also their first nominee. And the winner is Daisy, played by Chloe Bennett in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Shamar, you want to talk about Chloe, Chloe Bennett's uh, role this year? She's always been a fan favorite of ours on this award show, on this podcast. Um, the Daisy character, I think, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., how they've developed her from Sky to where she is now, is just mm-hmm. like that's how you build a character. Um and she uh she takes home the first ever female hero award here. I
1: feel like Daisy would have been winning this award had we had a best female hero.
0: For it's the past, very possible for the past few years, yeah,
1: <laughs> especially last year. But da- yeah, Daisy, Daisy was um Daisy had a very strong season. You know, she had a very very strong season, um, especially with everything in the beginning with her, in um, that in her on the uh, on the planet. Or was it the is it the colony or whatever? Is that what they were calling it? Yeah, the, lighthouse? Uh, yeah, the, land, the lighthouse. Yeah, yeah they the lighthouse. Yeah, the lighthouse. Technically, in like a col and the colony in space, and and then her in um, Ruby. She had those are kind of the main rivalries. Was like her and Sonara, and then her and Ruby. Yeah. Afterwards, um, but you know her her arc in this in the season was very good. Um, she had a lot of really, really good fight scenes, and I thought her bond with Coulson developed in, well in the season, also. Um, so yeah, I mean, I thought Daisy's always really strong in Agents of Shield. Yeah, to be totally honest with you. So
0: I so it's I a, it's a, well she's strong, but it's a strong cast. It's like, a it's a very strong. But cast. But she's always yeah she's a, a yeah a, a stronghold like you know what you're getting she knows she's gonna be time-ish. yeah and then and then even her last fight with um what was it Graviton yeah
1: that was great as well. So, I mean, she she was just hitting on all cylinders this season. So, I think, definitely think she deserved this. Uh, yeah, for me, I went
2: with Jessica Jones, uh, Kristen Ritter, because, well, I think the story of Jessica Jones kind of fell apart a little bit um, and wasn't nearly as strong. I think this might have been the only thing they were nominated for, but yes. um, I thought her as an individual character was still just as strong as she was in season one, so, um, I thought she had an interesting dynamic with, uh, her mother, as well as an interesting dynamic with Trish, so, I mean, I thought that, uh, I thought Jessica Jones could have very easily won this award, but, I mean, I think she did get hurt by the fact that season two of Jessica Jones, which is her show, obviously, it wasn't as good, fell apart a little bit, so, ultimately, uh, Davey got the win, and I think it's, fair. She certainly deserved it because Ains of S.H.I.E.L.D. was much better than Jessica Jones was.
0: Yeah, Jessica Jones wasn't too much on my radar here. She probably would have been third um, because of the fact that her season was so weak in many ways. I know we didn't get to really recap it much this year. Um, Kristen Ritter is great. The character is great. But I do think that's a character uh, that the strength of the story also helps it greatly. And Mm. The story in right. season one was just perfect, and this story was not. Um, I think they explored something that, not just jump on Jessica Jones, uh, you know, soapbox, but I think they explored something I don't know if people really wanted, cared about. Right? Like, oh, why is she how she is, and where is her family? I don't know if that's, like, something I really cared about in the end. And then the fact that they didn't <laughs> deliver it in a way. I think hurt her chances in winning this award to bring it back to uh, relevancy so i i think like daisy is great i agree and she had some great fight scenes i think the colson stuff was was also um outstanding she also had some really i thought honestly the feud that was building that was even more compelling than the feuds between sonara and ruby was the one with uh with yo-yo mm, i mean the whole yes. let colton die save him how that feud kind of developed and it's so funny, and maybe, you know, because I follow both of the actresses on social media, and they're very, very good friends off of set. I think that shows in, like, how well they play off each other when they're playing off of each other in a adversarial way. Their acting in those scenes was, I thought, was some of the best acting from both of those characters when they both were so passionate about either saving or killing Olsen. And, you know... um, and I think that that is it's almost like in wrestling when you have wrestlers that are very good friends, those are usually some of the best matchups because those guys are they're more they care more about giving a great show and they're they're more ready to like throw each other through the ringer to make sure that they put on a good performance. I think that that's the case when um when uh Cordova and Bennett are playing off of each other like they were in this season so daisy is awesome again i think the development from season one to now is just crazy and uh i'm happy she got this award all right guys we're at the end of the show here it's the last one best show of the year nominees are agents of shield luke cage punisher runaways and black lightning and the winner is the punisher wow so the Punisher wins, best show. Last year, uh, I, forgot, uh, I forgot who won last year. Agent of won last year. Um, I had Runaways. <laughs> you guys had Luke. You guys had Punisher. I think one of you guys almost had Runaways. It was you alright. Yeah, I was, I was going back and forth. Um, let's quickly talk about Punisher. We've talked about it so much, um, but just in terms of our overall season, it's a great show. I, I don't have an issue with it winning. Probably would have been three for me this year behind Luke Cage, but um, but I mean again, the you got two great performances from the main character and the supporting character. You got a great villain. I think you had multiple great villains. I even think that the guy, the military guy with the eye, was, kinda like a, uh,
2: was a, kind a,
0: of like a, a terrible villain that I hated so much on that show. Um, you talked about Lewis, who was such a compelling uh side story. It, I also I I kind of it's kind of surprising to me how much people didn't go crazy about how great this show was to me like a lot of the stuff was like oh those first few episodes were really really slow but to me Punisher might end up may end up becoming like the Agents of Shield of the Netflix division the show that like people who stayed on it will tell you it's incredible but like so many people jumped off of it from the beginning because they just didn't get it and it was moving too slow from the. Stay on, because if you stayed on for the ride, by the end, you certainly it certainly paid off. Oh yeah, Punisher paid off big time, big time. By the time
1: I was in the middle of the series, I was like, I can't stop watching it. I cannot stop watching it. Um, it was it was really really good. Um, Even the stuff that what may not have been as good, like the Madani, some of the Madani stuff, was still interesting. You know, and right. it was relevant to Frank Castle's story because Madani was hunting Frank Castle. So you want to see is Madani going to catch Frank Castle? Is Frank Castle going to have to kill Madani? Like Yeah. So it was always very engaging. So um so yeah, this was this wasn't a difficult one for me. I mean Punisher by the end I was already sold and like with Daredevil season 2 having already been done for a while. Punisher is the best Netflix series on TV. On, that's out right now. You know, until actually Daredevil season 3. But the Punisher right now is just like it's not even a contest.
0: Um, Kendall, what was the fight between Punisher and, and, and oh, man, Runaways and? that for was you? tough. We haven't talked much about Runaways today. We haven't. It's uh, <laughs> we... the end of the show. Now we're finally talking about it.
2: Yeah, and it deserves it. I. What hurt Runaways for me? Maybe it's not fair, but what hurt Runaways was that it, it came out a long time ago. You know, well, to be fair, so would time Punisher. Perfect. But, you know, I didn't do my job, obviously. <laughs> right so I watched Punisher very recently. We would have had a
1: Punisher review for you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, no. I know. i not the, like, the meddling kid. Yeah, i um, like a guy from um, Fantastic Four. Yeah, exactly. We had a great reviews. <laughs> Shame you can't see it. But,
2: uh... <laughs> no, I had, uh... I, I, because I had watched Punisher way more recently than I had watched Runaways, it was a little more fresh. And... I think just the portrayal of John Brenthal. Uh you mentioned Billy Russo. Who's it? Billy Eichner or whatever. I don't. Not Billy Eichner. Billy Eichner did not play Billy Russo. <laughs> I'm, I'm bugging. Billy Eichner. Like <laughs> <My laughs> <God. laughs> Ben Barnes. Ben Barnes. There you go, Billy Eichner.
0: (laughs) I I guess obviously I got the Billy part. Imagine Billy Eichner being Billy (laughs) himself. I feel like I I got. I'm not even gonna try to do an impression because it it would sound terrible. But But no, yeah, Ben
2: Barnes, uh, who I had mentioned earlier,
0: (laughs) Billy.
2: You tell us (laughs) late (laughs) guy. No, but um, yeah, we're at the end of the show. But uh, I I mentioned Ben Barnes and uh, Frank Castle earlier in the show, and. Those two, those two actors in particular, or those two characters in particular, um, I thought especially lifted to show up. Whereas Runaways, while the story was great, and collectively the cast did a great job, I didn't get like the standout performances that I feel I got from Brent and Barnes.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's fair, for sure. I, I would agree. I don't know if there is a standout performance in Runaways. We honestly. had Nico was... You Nico know, is awesome. Got a got a nomination. Oh, well, to me, I mean, I thought all they, of them were great. They, everyone in that show was. I know you were a fan of Gert as well. I loved Gert. I loved the parents. Um, Nico's Mostly. mom, uh, mm-hmm. especially was oh my god, so good. I mean, I had Runaways number one. Um, ironic because they're very they're not well represented on the show, and I think a lot of it. Is nothing to do with them. A lot of it actually has something to do with just like how the, the show is yeah, structured. Yeah. The, make show, the, show is the structure. makeup of the show. The makeup of the show doesn't allow it to kind of have it's a year yeah, one, standouts. so OMG moments not really gonna happen. Fights, it's not really a show where you're gonna have fights. We never Um there is no main characters really like that was the issue that was a tough issue. Was like who are the main characters? Well who are the side characters? Yeah. Like now look it's kinda we, hard to we put had everything together. About...
2: Do we consider the Runaways a main character in and of themselves? Yeah, like a team. And had that happened, they probably would have gotten on and had a shot to win. But that's too awkward to do. It would have been tough. Because every it, one of these shows is sort of a team environment.
0: Right. And then it's like, okay, well. Is Team Arrow a team? Yeah, Team Arrow team. Is, is, <laughs> yeah, exactly. is the Mutant Underground a team? Yeah, exactly. Like, it, that becomes very tricky. So it was... It was tough but it's a great show um the only it's a show i enjoyed the most from week to week you asked me what's the show that i watched week to week or every episode or episode that i said yo i i enjoying this the most that was the show i i, I do wonder if
2: in terms of G moments if maybe the the end where they're like on the run could have been on there because that was pretty crazy that was that, crazy. That at the end, but yeah, I don't know if that would
1: have taken out anything else. Yeah, I don't, don't know think if it would have taken, taken anything, anything out, out. But it was but that, that was, was a, great.
2: Another moment that that was the one moment in the show where I was like, "Yo, this is crazy," but
0: um, it things. But again, tough. I mean, I, I, what I will say: is someone who knows a little bit about the runaways, if things go the way it normally goes in It'll the comic crazy. books, there will be OMG moments for sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a great show. Again, I, I it. it's the show I enjoyed most. Um, and even the best episode it was it. Was just it was so great from episode to episode it was kind of hard to pick point one that was just like so unbelievably incredible they all were great it was just a great show um, so I feel bad that it's it not what is represented as much but again Punisher is awesome I, I, no beef with Punisher winning again uh, Punisher had a lot of wins today uh, they had the best male hero the best male supporting character and they won the best, best show. show so they're i feel like the, the punisher as a probably character, the biggest winners they tonight they were sure. nominated for the most they have a million yeah. nominations so yeah. yeah i mean i
1: feel like the punisher as a character and as a show was made for this show yes it was made to definitely. win awards like this yeah the punisher is so intense and so personal yeah like a lot of these other shows aren't like that yeah. and it's
2: structured in a way like you guys talked about runaways not being structured to win some of these things yeah punisher is structured they have a <laughs> clear main character
0: Clear, clear support characters, characters. Like clear villain. A lot of fight ong moments. Yeah, exactly. They're trying. They're trying to shock you. Yeah, with all fights. V- yeah. yeah, it's like exactly. for how the show worked, it's gonna. But I think Runaways will have plenty of wins moving forward. Yeah, Runaways. is like, you know, the Aaron Judge. It's like you might not win MVP, but you're you will win MVPs. EJ, I'm marking the date, EJ, EJ said, Runaways is gonna win several. Jenny's. They put me on a, a cold, freezing <laughs> freezing cold takes. Runaways is still uh, winless. But no, nah, they, will, they will have wins for sure. I think that's the place to wrap the show, guys. So thank you guys for listening in to our third annual Jenny Awards uh, show. Um, we'll have this show again next year, God willing. Uh, and uh, hope you guys listen to all of our shows on the New Generation Podcast uh, network on SoundCloud, iTunes and Stitcher, where we do normally uh, recaps of news And shows Involving superheroes Throughout the course of the week um, We'll be back next week With more Hero Talk Make sure you follow us on Twitter Also at New Generation Pod On Instagram at New Generation Podcast Follow us on Or follow Shamari on Snapchat and Sham 22 Follow me on Twitter at EJ underscore Stewart And on Instagram at Action EJ And of course also follow our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. That does it for now. We'll be back next week with more sports talk. Thanks for a hero talk, sorry. Uh, for Kendall. Uh, I'm EJ. Peace.